This week will be the yard site of one of the greatest leaders of modern political Tzionut Datit, religious Zionism, Rav Shmuel Malifer. As I mentioned last week in connection with Shachal, Shmuel Chaim Landau, I grew up in an environment where the pictures of the leaders of religious Zionism were known to us, were hanging on the wall. I remember the image of Rav Shmuel Malaver, who looked like an old-fashioned Hamid Chacham, the classic style that you would associate with every famous Rosh Hashiva, with every famous Rav. And unfortunately, all I knew about him really was that he was known as a Zionist leader. In order to prepare to discuss a little bit about his life, I actually had to look up details of his life, and I found an article by Aleph Mem Genachowski, who wrote a biography, at least a, small, a shortish type of biography, it was printed in a book that Rabbi Young of New York published. According to the account by Genachowski, Rabbi Shmuel Oliver was born in, 19, in 1824 to a family of Misnagdim. His grandfather was actually a student of Rabbi Chaim Valajner, the main student of the Vilna Gaon, the person who represented the Litvisha world, the Misnagdisha world, in its battle, its confrontation with the world of Hasidim. But the mother of Rabbi Shmuel was comes from a Hasidish background. So he had in him both a an ancestor on the Babacher side, on the, on the Hasidish side, and also on the Misnagdish side. In that respect, it reminded me very much of the life of Rav Kook, who also combined in himself lineage of both Hasidus and Misnagdim, and we seem to feel that they inherited the qualities, the positive qualities of both. Rav Shulam Oliver was known as an Eloi from early childhood. The, as a young man, he was married to a into a Hasidish family, but although he was married into a Hasidish family at a young age, he continued learning in Valazhin, which was, of course, the, the yeshiva founded by the height of the Misnagdim, Reb Chaim Valazhner, and he learned there for a number of years. He began first his career as a businessman, and only later became involved in the world of Rabbanus. He was appointed as the Rav of Suvalk. I would assume that this is the city that all Yeshiva University students know, because that was the place where Rav David Lifshitz of Yeshiva University was the Rav, when he was a young man, the Suvalka Rav. And later he became the Rav, Rav Shmuel Malaver became the Rav of Radum. We really, at least I, do not know much about the Lamdis of Rav Shmuel Malaver. I do know that in the big set of Mishnayis, I have seen in the back a perush of Rav Shmuel Malaver, chidushim that were printed in the name Rav Malaver. He wrote a number of Sheilotu Tshuvot, which show his great erudition, and also shows the respect that he was afforded by the people who asked him these Sheilot. Rabbi Yechiel Yaakov Weinberg, the great Tamit Chacham from Mantua, Switzerland, wrote about Rabbi Shmuel Oliver, 
and emphasize the fact that the world knows of Reb Oliver because of his Zionistic world. But it's a shame, a tragedy, that many of his farm were lost, and today we do not have, at least I don't know of, the legacy of Reb Shmuel Oliver in pure Lambdas. But Yechiel Yaakov Weinberg, who was acknowledged by all worlds as a great, great Hamid Chacham, praised very highly the erudition of Reb Shmuel Oliver and acclaimed him as one of the Gdolim of his generation. In the world of Rabbanus, he was known for his chesed. He had his own personal fortune. According to Genachovsky, he actually won part of his fortune in a lottery. But he gave it all away. He gave it to all types of causes. But he became primarily known, not just originally as a Tamid Chacham, and not just as a person, a Rav, who exuded Chesed, but as the founder of what we would call today political Zionism. He began the organization that we call, that was called Chibas, that was called Chovvetzion, or Chibas, Chibas and he showed a great love for Eretz Israel. In terms of his actual undertaking, what he did for Klal Yisrael, one of the greatest things he did is he went around trying to convince people to support Zionut both ideologically, practically, and of course, the highest practicality of all is to give money. He tried to speak to various people, including Rav Tzadok HaKohen, who was the chief rabbi of Paris, of France at that time, not to be confused with Rav Tzadok HaKohen, who wrote um, the Pritzadik, the chief rabbi of France, and an appointment was arranged between him and Baron Edmund Rothschild. To just get an appointment with Baron Rothschild was something that was extremely difficult, and since, of course, the wealth of the Rothschild dynasty was known to everyone, the amount of people that came to ask for Tzedakah, to ask for very good causes, was immense, and it was very difficult to get an appointment, and secondly, it was very difficult to convince the Baron to support his cause. Rev. Shmuel Malaver was successful, extremely successful in this respect. He spoke to the Baron about the message of Torah and Eretz Israel. He explained that he personally was not the most eloquent speaker that could speak on the behalf of Torah and Eretz Yisrael. But he pointed out that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't the greatest speaker in the world either. The Torah told us that Moshe was kvad peu kvad lashon. He had some sort of difficulty in speech. But nevertheless, the message that Moshe taught was so obvious, was so true, that it could convince people. And in a sense, that proved how important the message is. Perhaps on purpose they send someone whose language was not so clear, whose eloquence was not so obvious, in order to show that I don't need a salesman. What I do know is to show that what the real cause is. And wonder of wonders, the Baron was very much influenced by Rav Shmuel Malaver, and he became known as the Nadiv Hayadua. 
the person who supported the movements of Eretz Israel, Avi HaYishuv, the father of the of the community of Israel, and of course it's legendary how much Zionism owes to the Rothschild family. I just happened to find out recently that the Balfour Declaration was actually written and sent to one of the Rothschilds. The Rothschilds were, uh, were identified with Zionism and with political Zionism, and it seems that all this can be traced back to the original meeting of Reb Shmuel Maliver with Baron Rothschild. Besides traveling around Europe, going to the different communities to try to preach religious Zionism, to explain to people that he's looking for people to work the land, that we're looking to build communities. Besides that, Reb Shmuel Malavar undertook a trip to Eretz Israel, where he went to the different Yishuvim that were being begun. And if we'll think of the conditions that existed then, in the late part of the 19th century, we can imagine the difficult life those Chalutzim really had. And Reb Shmuel Malavar came in the traditional garb of the old Tamit Chacham. He wore a streimel, he wore a long coat, he had a long beard, and he came to all these chalutzim and encouraged them. This trip that I only read about recently in this book that I mentioned, it seems so reminiscent of the trip that was famous that Rav Kook took in later years. When Rav Kook organized this campaign, Masahit Orerut, when he tried to go around to all the kibbutzim, irrespective of their beliefs, irrespective of who they were, but he went to encourage them in building Eretz Israel, and he praised them, and he wanted to participate with them as much as he possibly could. It seems this is the the, the, the trip of Shmuel Lover was the antecedent of the trip of Rav Kook, of the Masait Orerut that was undertaken by Rav Kook years later. He was, Rav Shmuel Malaver, the center of religious Zionism, and as can be imagined, he was the target of both sides. On one side, the ultra-Orthodox felt that he had turned to the Zionist movement and felt that he sort of abandoned what they felt was the authentic Judaism. On the other hand, the people who were just political Zionists, did not want to build religious Zionism, were opposed to his, we would call it today, his Haredi tendencies, when he talked about building a kosher society, a halachic society, and he worked within halachic parameters in order to try to build and encourage even the agriculture of Eretz Israel. Malaver was one of the first people that discussed the concept of Shemitah in Eretz Israel, and of course worked on the Hatamichira, which again w- was a forerunner of Rav Kook's position in later years. There was a tremendous conference in Odessa where Rav Shmuel Malaver explained that my purpose is to build religious Zionism, not old-fashioned Jews, new-fashioned Jews. But when he said new-fashioned Jews, it sounded like something new. No, he said, I'm going back to the original style, to the Jews of the Nevi'im, to the Jews of the Maccabim, to Jews who combine Torah and Avodah. And he saw this in Tanakh, and he saw this in the history of Judaism. When Herzl came upon the scene, and here was a very important question. How do the religious Zionists relate to Herzl? On one hand, Herzl was a great 
a political leader. On the other hand, Herzl certainly was not to be classified as a religious person. So, Rabbi Shemuel Malavar decided to go along with Herzl and build political Zionism, although certainly he differed with him in the areas of religion. This, of course, is also reminiscent of Rav Kook, who spoke about Herzl in such positive terms that some people even think he somehow equated Herzl with Mashiach ben Yosef, not Mashiach ben David, but Mashiach ben Yosef is the forerunner of the Mashiach, and the uh, issue of Rav Kook is well known in the Hespeid in Yerusha, in, that he gave in Yerushalayim when he spoke about Herzl. It also reminded me personally, in my father's house in Brooklyn, he had a, a picture of Herzl that he hung on the wall. Because my father was rather eclectic in his understanding of uh, different Torah and Jewish personalities, he had a picture of the former Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Friyadikah Rebbe, the Rebbe before Rebbe Menachem Mendel, the, the, the Rebbe that was called Rebbe Yosef Yitzchak, the Friyadikah Rebbe, the Rebbe before. My father had his picture on the wall, the picture of the Friyadikah Rebbe, for those people that are familiar with it, there's a very famous picture where he has a very austere look. He looks a little bit, almost frightened in the picture. So one time a Lubavitcher Chassid came into my house and he saw that how the picture of, of the Freya Dicker Rebbe was hanging next to Herzl, says that all his life he never understood the, that particular pose of, of Lubavitcher Rebbe. Why did he look so frightened? And he said now he realized it, because he realized that someday he'd be hanging in the house next to Herzl and he would look at it in a state of shock. Of course, this uh, question of how a person related to Herzl was a major issue. And Shmuel Malifer decided, in terms of political Zionism, to go with, along with Herzl. At the convention, at the, at the Zionist convention, Rav Malifer himself could not go because of ill health, but he sent his son to represent him, and he gave along the copy of a speech that he should present at this, at this uh, conference. And it was interesting that when... Uh, Rav Shmuel Malaver passed away, Herzl spoke about him and called him the first political Zionist. The yard site of Rav Shmuel Malaver, according to the books that we have of yard sites of Gedol Israel, is really this week. Interestingly enough, in the book that I read, this in the article by this fellow, Genachovsky, he has the date of his patira in September which would mean that this week is not actually his yard site. I've used the yard site according to the calendar that I found that uh, we use in the yeshiva of the book of yard sites of Gedole Yisrael. To summarize the life of Reb Shum Oliver very, very briefly, I would say that he, this was, he was an outstanding Tamid Chacham. If not for some of the small writings that we have somewhat left that survived, we wouldn't know that either. But we have the, wit- the testimony of Rav of 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 with the Rav of of Montreal, Switzerland, of Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg. We have his testimony that he was indeed a gadol. We know certainly that he was a great political Zionist, the one that Herzl said was the first political Zionist. And we know that we owe his we owe gratitude forever in talking in his convincing people to be Zionists, especially to convince the Baron Rothschild. In terms of his legacy. Rabbi Shmuel will be known among the religious Zionist leaders. To the best of my knowledge, the only place that I personally know that is named for Rabbi Shmuel is a kibbutz near Chadeira, the kibbutz Gan Shmuel. And I find that ironic. 
in terms of the memory of Reb Shmuel Oliver, the Gon and the Tzaddik, it would have been perhaps more appropriate to have a more religious type of kibbutz, a more religious type of environment named after him. On the other hand, I'm sure that Rav Shmuel Malavar would have been proud of Tzionut in any form, and he would have encouraged the people of every kibbutz to build their Israel, and he would have explained the point that is in their neshama that is involved in Tzionut. And he would hope that it's a process where we believe that the beginning of the process will culminate in the days that we'll see all Tzionim becoming in, into the world of R- Rav Shmuel Malavar, the world of Tzionut Datit, religious Zionism.